Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Steve, welcome back to The Boiling Point, buddy. Thanks, Greg. What, what's going on in front of you right now? There's a slight change from our last talk. Greg has a socks on, shirt on, headphones, and a pair of underwear. No pants. Greg's not wearing pants. Sitting right I, in front of me. I, I am not wearing pants. And, and there is a mysterious <laughs> giant wet spot. Yes, people, if you were listening to the episode last week, um, you would know that I spilled coffee all over my pants. <laughs> and uh, God bless Steve. Uh, he's okay. He suggested I put them in the dryer outside of uh, Tim's studio. Thank you, Tim, for for the dryer. Yeah, yeah we, we've got the little E sign, I guess, going on uh, on iTunes. But um, he, even slightly stranger, though, the, Greg's got this little computer desk in front, so I see bare legs, <laughs> desk, top, so... Well, yeah. somehow we're going to transition this conversation okay. into our, our conversation that we're having today with Scott from State Bags. Now, um, before I, I bring Scott in, I, I don't know when it was, maybe two months ago, three months ago, I was in Philadelphia, Steve, for the B Corp Champions Retreat. Right. I remember that. And I was sitting in a, in the theater waiting for this big event to happen in Philly. And this awesome guy sat down beside me, started chatting, and ends up being one of the co-founders of State Bags, which is a brand mm. that I've actually heard of. They're a benefit corporation. And Scott, we've got you on the phone right now. Welcome to The Bowling Point, man. Hey, it's good to be on. Nice to talk to you guys. <laughs> right on. So, Scott, tell us a little bit about State for, for those people who don't know the brand. Sure, yes. Yeah, State is a one-for-one bag brand um, based out of New York City. Uh, for every bag we sell, no matter of the price, no matter the sales distribution, uh, we donate a fully stocked backpack to an American child in need. Um, so we like to think that we're going beyond the one-for-one model, uh, not just giving stuff away, but in the way that we actually donate the supplies. Um, we feel is pretty innovative, and um, we could get more into that, but we call it our Give Backpack program, um, and we've donated thousands of bags across the entire country, which we're really proud of. That is awesome, man. So what sort of things do we have inside the bags for the kids? A variety of things. I mean, we, the, the whole beginning of the company actually started, so I should step back and tell you that we started the company because my wife and I actually first started a summer camp, a nonprofit summer camp for kids growing up in really tough neighborhoods in Brooklyn. Um, we started seeing this recurring theme of them coming to camp with all their stuff in trash bags and it just kind of tore us up um, mm-hmm. and it didn't make any sense. So we wanted to do more for these kids, but at the same time knew that just giving them stuff doesn't really get them very far. So we wanted to go beyond that. Um, and that's why we started this company. And, you know, we, we noticed a lot of companies that were doing great work for kids overseas, but our focus has always been on kids right here in our own backyard. So when we do these, what we call our bag drop events, um, where we bring in motivational speakers and DJs and put on a whole party for these kids that's about much more than just a handout, um, at the end of the rally, uh, they walk through what we call our supply shop, where we pack the bags with essential items. So whether it be school supplies, whether it be socks, which is one of the most 
requested items in transitional housing and shelters, um, could be healthy snacks, uh, books, whatever we feel kind of, you know, improves these kids' lives and gives them the essentials that they need for the school year and beyond. So it's sort of customized in a way. Yeah, and we're, you know, it's it's all about the partners too. Like, you know, we've been really lucky to work with like-minded brands who are um, either one-for-one models like us and looking for a vehicle to actually donate their their supplies um, or just are looking to do a good thing or have extra inventory and um, want to help us out. So it's really whatever we can get our hands on that makes sense for the populations we're serving. Scott, what, with your knowledge um, of One for One, where did that start? I, mean, I know a lot of people give uh, a, a lot of kudos to Tom's Shoes and to Warby Parker and whatnot, but where where did this concept start from? Like, it's a it's a really lovely model of building building uh, profitable businesses, but also doing great social work at the same time. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I always look to Tom's, and I remember reading his book, uh, Blake Mykoski's book. Um, and just starting to get these like crazy thoughts, like, Oh my God, like, I want to do this. We can do this. We have this camp. There's so much need here in the States. Um, I want to take on this model and I want to bring it home, but I want to do it in a way that's never been done before. Um, obviously donating something for every item purchased wasn't super revolutionary because it had been done, but I wanted to kind of revolutionize it on the giving side, which is what we've been really focused on doing. So, you know, our inspiration has really been from Tom's um, as well as Warby Parker and, and other incredible brands that have taken this model to crazy heights um, and been a platform for, you know, a lot of other companies to do a lot of good. Question about the, like those companies you're mentioning you know, also have fantastic design and things built in. And I know that Jacqueline, your partner, has a background in that. Like, how does design come into play when you're when you're thinking about the success? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we we've we're, we like to think we're at like state 3.0 right now because when we started the business, we started it with mission first, and we're really proud of that. Like, we wanted to create a brand that you know served local kids and, and helped them in a way that we felt they really needed. So when we launched, we were really heavy on the mission. And if you came to our website, you would be hit with the mission constantly, like Mm. with videos and pictures and, you know, um, copy and everything. And we could quickly learn that people care about the mission, but not enough to buy your product. Um, if it's just, you know, mission, 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 Mm. and your product isn't there. And that's when we really, rebranded and upped our game in a big way and, and started to lead with the product um, and focused not just on the design, but also in our positioning and our messaging so that, you know, kind of taking, taking a, a, a good, um, taking a lot of inspiration from Warby Parker actually, because you kind of got to dig around their site a little bit to see that they have a charitable mission. It's not right. that they're ashamed of it whatsoever. It's more just that, they have to sell product to give product. Um, so to lead with that. So on our website now and social media and elsewhere, we kind of are walking that line much more carefully, um, and striking that balance so that our product, you know, does lead. And then 
the customer is educated with our mission and it's kind of this cherry on top. Yeah. Not the first thing mm-hmm. to notice. And I, I think that that's, that's what I'm starting to study a lot as well right now. Uh, I, I'm a massive fan of Patagonia and uh, Yvonne Chouinard's uh, story. The, but the yeah. fact, like, his social environmental mission is very forefront. And I think that's a really radical way to go for such a large brand. <clears throat> and it's it's awesome and it totally works. I wonder if the smaller brands, if it's almost more strategic to let that be an Easter egg. Let let, let the people kind of find out the fact uh, that you're you're doing such great work. Like not having that in the forefront, it's it's it, it's far less hey, look at what we're doing, and far more. The people who know what we're doing are the ones that are going to support us, and if you want to get, you know, become part of our tribe, come on in. But we're not, we're not flogging you. you know. Um, so I can imagine that's a really interesting tightrope to, to balance on figuring out, because you, you definitely want people to know, because it is a competitive advantage. But at the same time, you don't want to, to seem overly do-goody or pretentious about it either. So, yeah, can you talk on that a little bit about how you – you and, and Jackie um, figure out how to balance that when marketing? Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, for me, it's been a, a really tricky transition because all I ever want to do is talk about our mission and all the good that we do and, and how, you know, we're, we're evolving the mission over time to, you know, help even more people. Um, so I was like, holding on to this, like gripping onto this, like, no, 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 this has, people have to know about this. People have to know. And, you know, it became clear over time that that the product wasn't selling online and um, even in retail stores, um, they weren't standing on their own. And I was thinking that people would read the hang tag and they would be like, oh, this is great. Like, you know, I'm buying this bag because of its one-to-one model and because it's focusing on American kids. But um, it wasn't the case. And it was kind of a tough pill to swallow. And But since we have rebranded and repositioned, we've seen significant results. Um, and we've been really fortunate to work with incredible partners who, you know, find us and seek us out and reach out to us because of our products, but also because of our mission. So it's worked out really well in that um, now both sides are, are, are working for us and both it's resonating on both ends. Um, so, but again, like when I'm on things like this, like I love just talking about, you know, all the good that we're doing across the country. And I sometimes fail to mention that we have, you know, that's why Jacqueline always likes to come on. Cause like, she'll be like, but we have product for the whole family, for kids, <laughs> yeah. for men, for women, you know, and like, and she's right. Cause she designs all this stuff and it's beautiful and it's incredible product. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's great that we're both really proud of the mission too. Can you tell us, I mean, um, from reading your bio and looking at you a little bit, like the connection to camp is really interesting. And can you maybe speak to like, I used to live in Brooklyn myself and just thinking about all the kids you see around and just the opportunity of getting out there and, and connecting. But how does that ongoing as moving, moving forward, how are you guys seeing that connecting to you while your product, you know, has obviously some ties directly to it, but how does that influence your, uh, moving forward yeah i mean for right now at least the the nonprofit program that we run the, the summer camp called camp power is a separate entity um we've thought about bringing the two together but it's 
it started to get kind of muddy and like confusing for people. Like, wait, if I buy a bag, am I sending a kid to camp? Like what's happening? And <laughs> Do so I have to go to camp? <laughs> we, yeah. We, we just tried to keep it as clean as possible, but mm-hmm. um, we have talked about because camp is so, it's so incredibly important for us and it's so central to our lives. Like, I mean, just to give you an idea, like back to school time is our, Super Bowl season. Like it is insane for us. Everybody's buying backpacks. People are reaching out. There's, you know, customer service things going on, partnerships going on. But in the thick of back to school season, the third week of August, which is like the heart of it, we're in the middle of nowhere in Pennsylvania running this summer camp with no cell service. Mm. And I'm the director and Jacqueline is, you know, co-director. And like, we're, you know, we are, this is who we are. This is what started the company. And we've created a family in our campers and our staff. And we're just, we're never going to let that go. Um, because if there was no camp power, there would be no state bags. Mm -hmm. And we have kids who have risen from being the youngest campers to counselors in training, to junior counselors, to now full-time counselors. And that to us is like, the greatest reward of this entire program is that there are kids from Brownsville, Brooklyn and Bedside, Brooklyn, and even the Bronx, you know, that have grown up in this program and and consider it one of the most life-changing experiences that they'll ever have. And the connection that they have to to us and to the program as a whole means everything to us. And so, you know, our commitment to camp is never going to go away. It's just, it's just figuring out how to do it all um, has been a little bit of a challenge with two young kids that we have as well. So um, I don't know if that answered your question, but yep. camp is like, it's, it, it, it makes our mission even sweeter because we're constantly reminded of the need here in the States. And um, it's unfortunate to see, but it keeps us motivated and it keeps us grounded and we never lose sight of it. And, uh, it's called the, the, the camps in Maine, right? Is is that is that correct? No, so I actually it's I, I started a different camp in Maine um like ten or twelve years ago or so, um, with the Mark Wahlberg Foundation and the Boys and Girls Club of Boston, um, called Camp Northbound and that's for inner city kids of Boston. And then I actually got that off the ground. I moved to New York and started working for some nonprofits and decided I wanted to do it myself. So took the model of Camp Northbound and recreated it for Brooklyn kids, which has then become Camp Power. And Camp Power is held in um, Tyler Hill, Pennsylvania. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay, so going back to the time when you and I met, you, you, you remember sitting on the bench with me uh, and a couple others? Yeah, or, of course. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Um, let's talk about be- uh, your, your experience as a benefit corporation. So not as a certified B Corp, but as a benefit corporation. Uh, a lot of our guests that we have on here are actually are B Corps by uh, design of me pulling them all in. But I haven't spoken to anybody who is strictly a benefit corporation. Maybe you can walk us through that, about what, what that means to you and, and, and why you chose to go down that road. Yeah, when we first launched, we had heard about this benefit corporation thing, and it was like a no-brainer because, like I said, you know, the fact that we launched the company with mission being the base of the whole story, it just felt like, how could we not be part of this? Um, So we're, you know, we're really proud of the fact that if 
we ever did sell the business and if things ever did change that the, the core and the DNA of the business would not because of the structure of the benefit corporation. Um, and we probably don't talk about it enough just because I don't know. We always end up talking about so many other things, but, um, yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're really proud of it. And, um, we like to think that before it became like a trend and like everyone was joining B Corp and everyone was figuring out how to become a benefit corporation. We were, you know, already, we were already one. Um, mm. so it's pretty cool. And uh, you and I were also talking about the very slight differences between B Corp and Benefit Corporation. Do you want to explain from your perspective what that what that is, and and perhaps maybe you're on the on the track to getting certified as well? Yeah, you know, for us, like we um, we looked into the process of becoming a B Corp like early on in the in the launch phase, and it just felt like there were so many other moving parts that we needed to deal with with our manufacturing and our marketing and just like everything involving the launch that, um, it was, it, it just seemed like too many layers at the time, but I will say that being at that conference and I'm actually at another conference right now in California called the heart series, which is bringing together a bunch of socially conscious brands. And it's been incredible. Um, a lot of B Corps here as well. And it's, it's definitely, um, making me think about, you know, going through that process and becoming part of that community because it's, it's pretty powerful. And especially now I, I was actually listening to, um, your last podcast a couple of days ago with the, I can't remember his name, the ice cream guy. Yeah. Jake, um, Jake Rothschild. Jake's ice yeah, cream. Yeah. Like great guy. <laughs> that was a, that was an awesome interview. And, um, just him talking about like, I love what you were saying about how love will prevail and like how it's, it's a really challenging time for, for us right now. And, um, you know, when you see all these B Corps coming together and there's so much pride in it and there's such commitment and there's such passion and like, you could see it in all of their eyes. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty cool community to see that's growing. And, uh, I think eventually we're, we're, we're going to figure out a way to be a part of it. Well, listen, I, I've got a challenge to you and Steve. This year is going to be the very first year that B Corp Champions Retreat is going to be in Canada, outside mm. the U.S., in Toronto in October. So, Acre Architects B Corp, I've been pre-brushing you for a we long started, time. We you started. Are, you already are B Corp. Yeah. For <laughs> All the boxes are checked. And, and state, oh my gosh, you guys, you're a benefit corporation, which, by the way, is, for those who don't understand the difference, uh, B Lab runs the certification, but they also are the ones who actually made legislation to have a new type of corporation in America. So the two aren't the same things, but they're run by the same organization. And uh, I think we should party in Toronto together. Hey, I, I might move to Toronto. <laughs> listen, listen, listen I mean, man, uh, our immigration website literally broke down the day Trump got elected. I had, a, I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's terrifying. I mean, we are on the, the day after the craziest press conference I think we'll ever see in the history of a man. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure tomorrow will be something crazier. But yeah. uh, It's a reality show. I do want to mention, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that was in the back of my mind. I just wanted to mention, too, that, um, you know, kind of touching on this whole thing and, and what I was mentioning before about how we're evolving our mission, I just love to call out that we are starting to use our platform, our growing platform on social media and our email base and elsewhere 
to take on issues that aren't necessarily um, popular or or uh, conventional for a growing brand like ours. And I'm actually leading this whole thing, and we're calling it the What Do We Tell the Kids hmm. project. So hashtag What Do We Tell the Kids and um, focusing on marginalized, discriminated against populations that could use a voice. And right now, especially. Um, so what we've done is, you know, I did a project involving the Black Lives Matter movement and how it's impacting kids in those communities and talk to teachers about the struggles that they're having and talking to these kids about the fact that they feel like they don't matter. Um, we just launched an LGBTQ initiative that talks about the powers of language and how words can be really hurtful and the rise of hate crimes right now. And then our next installation is going to be working with developmentally disabled people and the harms of the word retard and how that's just like too often used and it's so hurtful for people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been a little bit of a, a, a risky move for us because, you know, we are maybe losing some followers and losing some email subscribers because of the controversial maybe topics and, and unconventional ways of getting that message out. But like I was listening to, you know, in the, in the last podcast, you guys did like now's the time and, and love has to prevail and good messaging and good people have to step up like no other time. And we are, we think it's, you know, in our DNA to do so. So we're, we're proud of that. Well, <clears throat> there's no wall on this side yet up in Canada, but are you, any plans on expanding up this way? At like, uh, like an office or well, just in what way? The impact. I mean, you know, oh, whether it be camps like or, act, yeah, just part of the programs. Yeah. I mean, our, the, this like central focus of our mission from the very start has been that we are supporting kids in our own backyard and like. We started work with international partners and they've asked the same question. And, you know, I think we're figuring it out because it's been such a key point of our messaging that like we're focusing on American kids, but you know, that's not to say there isn't a need elsewhere. So we're, we're definitely having those conversations. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. Internally and figuring it out. Well, Scott, this brings us to the end, but I got to say, man, thank you for everything that you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. And really great story. I've got this, concept in my head and it's not my concept but it's a uh I, I see this big tower like a jenga tower remember jenga um and i i see capitalism is a big tower of jenga and one of the one of the three bottom foundational uh jenga blocks in capitalism is greed and i have this idea that we can pull that carefully out the greed part and it, the tower is not going to topple and then we're going to re-inject a piece of Jenga that's love. Mm -hmm. What does love mean? Love's respect. It's mutual value. It's uh, um, it's it's all all the different attributes of doing things that are human. You know, um, and that's why this podcast has turned in we, not by design, but it has turned into this conversation place of people who believe this with business. So I think it's awesome what you're doing. And going back to you taking controversial themes on, you have to. It's your responsibility mm. because the media is not doing it anymore. Uh, I think it's up to us as business owners to tell the stories and we become the channels. So uh, great kudos on you, my friend. And uh, really looking forward to seeing you in Toronto in October. That's yeah. a big pressure right Let's there. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> do it. Let's do it. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on. And, um, 
you know, I appreciate your sentiments about more being it being more than the bottom line. That's our that's always our call out. Sometimes businesses can be about more than the bottom line, and sometimes podcasts can too, which is pretty cool. Amen, brother. With or without pants, right? With or without pants. Pants optional. Coffee definitely. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All the time. As far as I'm concerned, it's one of the Jenga pillars. Pants. It's it's, it's, it's pants, greed slash love, um, and the third one might yep. may or may not be red wine. If we have a corkscrew yeah. in the house, we will figure that part out later. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right, Scott, take I'm care. I'm on board. <laughs> say, say hi to Jackie for us. All right, thanks, All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. All right, Steve, yet another episode of You and Me, baby. We're, we're <laughs> rocking this stuff. Okay, we have to say goodbye to each other right now, but we are going to be right back on in one week. See you next week. See you next week. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. <laughs>